0: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. Back on a Friday, uh, we've taken the soundings of everybody uh, that Thursdays was a damn bad idea. Uh, not least because Zoom wouldn't work and you didn't get a show. So never again will we ever do a Friday night show on a Thursday night. Anyway, I'm obviously Stamford Chidge and with me as ever on this Friday Eve is the remarkable talent that is Mr. Jonathan Kidd.
1: Oh, you spoil me, sir. Oh, thank you! Lovely to be on the show with such eminent guests. Yes,
0: I'm very disappointed not not to see you or or in you. Um, but I'm very disappointed that your uh, book signing has been postponed for tomorrow. I was really looking forward to meeting the star that you are and getting you to sign a couple of bo- a couple of your books for me. You mate. have to
1: remember, my dad was the star. I'm just merely a conduit. Yes, yes, yes. Book. But um, uh, it was decided the weather would be too inclement tomorrow, and it will in fact pissed down mm. so uh, with the inadequacy of the tarpaulin and the fact that i would be standing with a few books which would get soggy um we have postponed so uh it will be the next home game methinks yeah
0: well okay i mean marco did say to me buy two and buy an extra one and use it as an umbrella
1: yes 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 it is big enough you could yeah. do that yeah. i could
0: do that headwalk thing like they do in finishing schools in switzerland you
1: could put a 15 quid um umbrella
0: pricey mate we have a bit too pricey mate so who have we got on the show tonight Jake
1: well we have housewife's choice the goalie expert it is mr clayton
0: beerman good
3: evening good evening good evening very very good to see you all
0: lovely to be here Good to see you, my friend. You're looking well. And uh of course, we always have an esteemed uh, uh journalist, football journalist with us. And I'm really delighted to say that we've got somebody that we haven't seen for a long time. And uh, since the last time we saw Liam, his world has exploded, I think is possibly the best way to put it. Liam, it's remarkably lovely to see you and actually to see you looking so well and not completely frazzled. I got a nap this afternoon. Well done. Um, I've I've Um I've
4: discovered the value of 90-minute naps.
0: Well, yeah, I have too. I t- often take them about 3 <laughs> o'clock on a, on a Saturday afternoon, funnily enough. But uh, more of that later. But uh, you are looking well, mate. Should um, how we, is call,
3: we call him Hacking Z, actually?
0: <laughs> well, there is that as well. But how are you doing? Are you well? Yeah,
4: I'm good. I'm good. good. Uh, the last month's been a bit of a blur with uh, baby in tow and, yeah. and puppy still running around causing... Well, it's less chaos than, than
0: previously she's she's the big sister now and she seems to know it so. lovely oh it's lovely lovely it really is lovely to see you. it seems like ages since we last saw you um now look we're gonna have a, a quick chat about um the juventus match uh from wednesday night and uh, then just pick up on on what happened in the presser today i mean i don't i know liam wasn't there but I'm, i've caught up on a few of the key questions on that and we can all talk about that um but uh, my first point, I'm, I'm going I'm to, dear old, dear old Clayton, I think I'm going to lumber with the first one, actually. And I, I wrote this on our Discord group after the match. And I have to say, the meltdown on our Discord group was the wor- you know, well, worst is maybe not the right term to use it, but the biggest since uh, I've had that Discord group running. People were very much not happy, mate. And I put in there, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, do not go one nil down to an Italian team. Pretty silly thing to do, really, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm sort of quite... probably bucking the trend here, but I'm not quite as depressed as everybody else seems to be about the performance. I thought we did okay in the first half, um, went to sleep for 10 seconds, which cost us the game. But I didn't actually think... I mean, it's frustrating because they weren't actually very good. Um, So I think that's a big frustration. But, and it's a big but... Um, You know, Lukaku scores, he should have scored. Havertz scored, he should have scored. You'd be having a completely different conversation. And you're only talking about two bad misses away from a a decent point. I think because it was on the... If we hadn't have lost to Man City and... I, I mean, if we would have drawn against Man City or beaten Man City, I, there's, there's no way you would have had the sort of meltdown that, that sort of came after that game. I mean, we lost 1-0 away to, you know, a very, very defensive team. It's not the end of the world. It's not going to cost us, or we hope it's not going to cost us. And I've sort of, yeah, there, there were lots of things that we will pick holes in. Um you know because there, there were certain players that, that didn't perform and, and you know we we've said it before um Kovacic and um Jorginho together in midfield on their own is always a disaster waiting to have a, happen and you know you a, you can't what you going play well it's a disaster yeah, waiting well to it was a bit of a freudian slip it was but I, in my opinion and I am sure I've said this before you cannot play Havertz and Ziyech together in the same team because they're two luxury players. You can play them when you're playing Barnsley. Oh, I,
0: I, I think you could use another L word to describe them actually, Clayton. But uh, never. I, I, can I just say
1: I was really bemused by Ziyech's effort
0: all the way through because he
1: he was he was so ridiculously energised that all he could do was foul, and he just kept fouling and fouling and fouling, and he didn't seem the, to. The, any the, go-
3: big, the biggest irony about Ziyech. Is that was exactly the sort of game that he was brought to perform in,
1: yeah, and he seemed to have the wrong mentality for it completely. I just didn't yeah. understand what that performance was about, and he was yeah, actually yeah. foul, he was given the yellow card for following through just as he just as he was being being substituted.
0: Well. Yeah, I'm glad so, I've never been given a yellow card for following, for following through because yeah, I might yeah. have been in trouble. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask uh, Liam a, a question because it's 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 beyond my ability to even think about trying to answer this one. But I, I wonder, Liam, if I mean, I think there are many reasons why Chelsea supporters are a bit peed off and I'm going to address that as part of the chat about the presser in a minute. But um, I, I wonder if one of them is the fact that uh, yet again, and this has been going on, you know, way before Tuchel turned up Chelsea have a problem in breaking down a team that just wants to sit there with 10 men behind the ball um it's frustrating isn't it Liam i mean you know what what can they do about it i mean italians are very good at that i think that has to be acknowledged but what can they do about it I think it's the hardest challenge in
4: football yeah. i don't think it's a chelsea problem um when you have 11 highly motivated professional footballers that are well-drilled and solely focused on stopping you playing football, creating anything, scoring any goals or even having any shots on target. It's a very difficult thing to get around. And even the best teams struggle with it on a given day. Um, I think part of the problem that Chelsea had last week is that, as I believe Thomas Tuchel referenced today, They went from one extreme to the other in the space of two games. They went from a team in Manchester City who were absolutely at their apex in terms of pressing Chelsea high, denying them any room, any ability to get out. Um, So you go from being pinned in your own half and forced into a low block of your own to suddenly in the very next game um, being challenged with creating everything against a team that that is voluntarily um, doing what you were forced to do against City um so i think as much as anything that transition was probably quite tricky for chelsea to to cope with um but so, sometimes it just happens and i think as as jk said you know that and and i think clayton referenced it as well there were there were still a couple of chances in the game that if chelsea had been a bit more ruthless the whole conversation changes um he mentioned that
1: today in the presser though as well he yeah. said it would have been he said if it if, if lukaku had scored it would be
4: one-one, and we'd be saying we got a decent draw from it,
1: you know.
0: Fine so margins, isn't it?
4: Because yeah. we all react to the result and not necessarily what happened over the ninety odd minutes. Um, you know, we no, I, we are all affected by the scoreline, as you know, I guess to a degree. A we results be, business, but, mate. A so results yeah. business. No, I think but you as can as look at certain
1: moments in the game and think I don't understand why they didn't capitalise on the uh, on these moments. For example, the first. 15 minutes we were completely all over them and they were they were like startled rabbits in headlights and uh, the, the vision of of the amount of room that alonso had and he should have been creating his magic and the vision that i kept having of lukaku in space wandering across the penalty area art uh, screaming for the ball asking for the ball and it never being given to him was just something that I could not get my head around. I didn't understand why they weren't using the opportunity. And frequently Alonso would then play a diagonal ball. And you thought, surely they practice. Surely he can see that Lukaku was in space. Surely this is the opportunity we're looking for. They're so passive. They're just defending 10 behind the ball, but not very well. That was what I felt was the situation. in the, But, but first don't,
3: don't, don't you think about Alonso, that this is the story that has happened time and time and time again in his Chelsea career. He's basically got into a fantastic vein of form. Yes. And looks he brilliant. Away. Yeah. And then for some reason, it's just like, it, a light goes
1: off. Yeah, it falls away. You're absolutely. I, I, I thought.
3: Right. He no, was, I agree completely. I thought he was awful against Man City. That's why. That's what, Yeah, he was. Well, I thought to, be he fair, was, I, to be
1: fair, Man City on was the worst situation for him against Man City, wasn't it? Because it, it it's it just exposes
0: all his frailties yeah. completely. And they so, pinned yeah. they pinned him, and they they sort that yeah. out. I mean, you know, Pep Pep did a great tactical number on us. One one of the. I mean, this this kind of uh, popped up in the uh, the presser today, Liam, and and and. You know, Tuchel seemed to be alluding to the fact that Chelsea might be a bit, well, mentally slash physically fatigued. And I mean, you know, I, I don't need, uh, you know, I, I completely understand mental fatigue, and I think that can happen at any time. But I'm a bit surprised that they would be physically fatigued. It being that they're, you know, they've got the they've got the summer out of their legs by now. I would have presumed we're now into October. Um, so do you think there's much mileage in that?
4: I think it fatigue always has to be a relative conversation, yeah. doesn't it? Compared to the, the teams you're playing against, and I don't really see why Chelsea would be that much more fatigued than the other big teams. You know, all of their most of their big players were at the Euros or Copa America, had busy summers, um, and are playing international football as well as going into this season on quite a short turnaround. So, and um, maybe I, to be honest, I think what could be um, more of an issue is kind of the mental jadedness. I, one thing that I saw in that Juventus game, and you know, I, I don't know if this is the case, this was just the impression I came away with. Is maybe Chelsea are feeling, you know, the effects of going into it every game now with this Champions of Europe tag on them. I know, I know the fans love it, I know they love singing it every game as well they should for, for the whole season, but um, I think. Suddenly, Chelsea are going into these big games with a real pressure on them um, in a way that they they didn't have for those first few months under Tuchel. It was kind of a, you know, it was a pleasant surprise to see them get it right over and over again um, against City, uh, Anfield, against Real Madrid, Atletico. Um Whereas now they're actually going into these games. You know, before the Man City game, people were talking about if they beat City, they're runaway favourites for the title. That, that was an actual conversation that was being had, and I think City heard that, uh, and I think they realised. You know, they were they were extra motivated to deliver that kind of performance that reminded everyone, yeah, we're still probably the best team in this league um, when we're at our absolute best, and Chelsea maybe just had a little bit of a um, a mental hangover from that game carrying into the Juventus game where they're, they're, they're feeling the pressure in these big Champions League matches as well of being the holders of the competition. I don't think it's going to seriously inhibit them. You know, I think they'll get through the group. I think they'll be very strong in the Premier League this year, but it's, it's something they're going to have to get over if they actually want to win the Premier League or the Champions League again this season.
0: I, I, I would agree with absolutely every bit of that. I think you're spot on there. I think actually it also has had an effect on the supporters, which alludes to what I was saying about the meltdowns, because I think, you know, people people believe their own hype in a way. And I think it was brilliant that we won the Champions League and I, I wouldn't give that up for the world, obviously. But the reality is, including most of us, I mean, you know, I, I remember saying on the show, I didn't expect us to beat Atletico Madrid. You know, so and then we end up winning the Champions League. And we all know that the Champions League is a is a competition you can win and not be the best team in it. I mean we've done it before. And you could argue that we kind of did it again.
4: But they but they were the best team in it last well, season. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they, from were, the,
0: they were From the Atletico you know, like, yeah. game onwards, yeah, they yeah, they true. were. That but is true. They weren't expected to be. No, they weren't, exactly. That's the difference. Yeah, and I and exactly that. And I think I think actually it is weighing quite heavily now the expectations that we put on them as well the expectations that they perhaps have of themselves. And I think you're right. I think that kind of pressure can weigh heavily in a, on, on, in a mental uh, in a mental way. So I think that's, that. you know, Tuchel's got his work cut out to address that, I think. But the other side of that, of course, is we are going to face a lot of teams who are going to do what Juventus did because they are going to say, well, hang on a minute, you know, we've got the champions of Europe turning up this week. We probably won't beat them if we try and play football. So let's not. And and I think going back to my original uh, thing about a few minutes ago about breaking these teams down, you know, and and you're right, Liam. You know, it is one of the hardest things to do in football, and I totally get that. But uh, it's been a perennial problem with us. And I and I I also wonder if Tuchel can do something tactically or or personnel wise, which kind of brings me into my next question, uh, Mister Mister Beerman, I think I'm going to land this or lob this one to, because I mean, you know. I think I think that there are a mixture of out of form players at Chelsea and or and or underperforming players. And I have to say, uh like against City, I thought that there are a number of players that came on that looked really good. They 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 had the hunger and the desire, I think, and they were trying to make an impact and a difference and I think they did. And I'm I'm thinking in particular Loftus-Cheek and Hudson-Odoi actually on this occasion who I thought actually didn't do badly when they came on and Lord preserve us, even Barkley I mean we never thought we'd see him again and yet he probably created the best chance of the entire match when uh, Lukaku hoofed it over so I do wonder if Tuchel's got to bite the bullet here and say you know what Kovacic had a stinker or Jorginho had a stinker let's put Ruben Loftus-Cheek in midfield or Havertz is absolutely out of bang, out of form. Maybe we give Hudson a doy a go. Ziyech is a waste of space. Maybe we try, you know, maybe he's got to do that, I think. I I think without a shadow of a doubt, um,
3: I I think that Ruben has earned a start in the way he's played in the last three matches that he's been involved in. Um, It'd be interesting to see where he plays him, whether he plays him high up or whether he plays in in one of the Kovacic and or Jorginho roles. Um, Callum, I I feel sorry for Callum because basically I think Callum's best position is on the left-hand side. He's not a right-wing back um, and I think he needs to play on the left and unless Tuchel is willing to do that, then He's just going to struggle because, however much energy he 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 had when he came on on Wednesday, he still wasn't doing what we want him to do, which is to go outside the man. Now, you know, you're playing against master defenders, and they double up on He had a go though,
1: Clayton. He had a go.
3: They doubled up on him, and it good. made it very, that made it yeah. very difficult. Yeah. And he put in one fantastic cross that. Um, Lukaku's ear managed to knock off, um, so maybe he does. But I can only ever see Tuchel playing him as, as this this right wing back, and, and maybe Southampton's a, a team to play against. Um, I think Trevor will play tomorrow. I think Trevor will play as a central defender. Um, so yeah, I mean, instead I of whom
1: playing? You know, instead of whom?
3: Well, I, I, I you, you can't play silver again, can you? Silver played against Man City, and he played against Ube, so he's not going to play three in a row. No. Um, so I would imagine that he'll he'll come out of that back three. Um, maybe um, Dave will basically go into the back three um, as well. I don't know, um, but yeah, I mean, when all said and done, yes, there are underperforming, and I mean, I, you know, the thing is. Do you say to Ziyech, OK, you play the next five games? Is he the sort of player that needs to play five games? Just leave him in and let him get on with it. I, I, I honestly don't know because he, you know, he had a spell under Lampard when he was actually really, really good. Before he got injured, I think it was against Leeds, he looked really good. But even pre-season and, he was very good. Yeah. And so the, there is something there, but I, I, I don't know. Um, um Havertz... I just, I I want him to be as good as I know he is. It's so frustrating. It really is frustrating. And now, you know what every single supporter of every single team that Mesut Ozil played for (laughs) felt. Because you know what a genius he is. But he just needs to do it. I don't know whether the Premier League is too physical for yeah, him. But is it because his role has changed as
1: well? I felt that when he was playing, even the kind of false nine or the nine there, that he he knew what he was doing. I now don't think he's actually sure that he knows what he, he's up to because Lukaku has become the so much become the focus.
3: Yeah, I think that that may be that may be the reason, um, and and because he's not a striker, he's behind the striker. Um, and he's being used as a, a, a second striker,
0: isn't he? <laughs> yes. He's, he's a, he, do you know what? Is. We can abbreviate that. Okay, for yeah. the for the film uh, film literate amongst us, we can call him the Fellini. Oh you, clever! Although so that was eight name. and a half, wasn't it? So I'm still. It was, it. but it anyway, was. whatever. Yeah,
3: no. Well, you're calling him Mickey Rourke then. He played for it Everton and United, him. didn't he,
0: Fellaini? <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> Fellaini, Fela- <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, the, the boys, of course, as they always do, because they know their onions here. Uh, thank God they do, because otherwise uh, I'd be stuffed. But um, they touch on something that's actually really the heart of this, I think, and it's 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 Lukaku, and and how we get the best out of him. I don't know if you read that uh, Football Italia piece that that appeared on Twitter uh yesterday I think from Conte Conte was interviewed about Lukaku I have to say I I think he makes a good point because I mean you know not that we're in the same league as Conte but we've been saying for weeks that the problem that we've got is the, is, is behind Lukaku because people are just not not running on to things and of course one of his great skills is holding the ball up and playing other people in but we neither have you know, a box-to-box midfielder who can do that, and and it and it seems to me that the other two either get in his way, go on runs that are independent of anybody, or, or are out wide. So, you know, does something need to happen there? To to to, it's not just about providing Lukaku with service. Basically, I think he needs runners going off him. Yeah, I,
4: th- I think the connections need to get a bit more sophisticated. I think we saw a really promising start in that Arsenal game, Um where there were. You know, Lukaku was getting the ball with his back to goal with Pablo Marie, poor Pablo Marie at his back, laying the ball off or rolling in, doing pretty much whatever he wanted to do. Um, And Arsenal were very amenable opponents in that respect. Because Mount
1: Mount was providing the the, the service, though, wasn't he? Most of the
4: time. Yeah. But what we've seen since then as well is it, particularly in the last two games, you know, I think. I think teams, well, obviously future opponents, would have looked a lot at those first couple of Lukaku games and how Chelsea were using him. Um, And in the last two games, Man City parked Rodri right in front of him to stop any of those entry passes into his feet. Uh, I mean, a lot of the time it didn't even get that far because City's press was so good. And then in the Juventus game, I think Allegri mentioned specifically afterwards that he'd got Locatelli to do a very similar job of just sort of screening the and stopping those passes going into him so easily. Chelsea just have to react to that. Yeah. Um you know football's all about moves and counter moves and you know the big ta- the the little tactical battles within the big battle and I think the more time they get training with Lukaku and the and the other creative players in the team um get to work with him I think they'll find more areas of the pitch, more situations in which they can combine in slightly less predictable ways. Because it can't just be Lukaku standing with his back to goal, 20 yards out, arms outstretched, calling for the ball um, and kind of backing down the defender. That's not good. That's too... It's it, it's too rudimentary to work against the very best teams, I think. Um, you, you, need, you need more variety in terms of how you involve him. So, you know, I, I know Tuchel today said that he thinks Lukaku's already got a good... Understanding with Mount and with Kovacic, um, which is a a good hint that I think Mount is going to play against Southampton. You
0: think he will? Uh, You think you think he's fit again?
4: He said he's he said he's fit, and I think what he said about that connection with the Karku, I think is pretty much. He also said
0: that his England call up was fine, unlike Rhys James. Well, I'm really I'm glad you brought that up actually, because as we've got a journalist in the house, I think it's a really pertinent question. Because apparently Tuchel didn't know. That James had been called up and was quite surprised because obviously he's injured. So what was going on there, Liam?
4: I don't have any inside info, obviously, because yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't been making calls on it. But I can only assume it was it just one of those misunderstandings that happens occasionally, and that maybe Southgate or one of his team dropped the ball a little bit and didn't didn't see uh, Rhys James limp off. In that it was it was it was in the City game, wasn't it? Yeah, Andy? yeah, early yeah. on.
3: Yeah. Um, I like what Tuchel said when he's when he heard he'd been uh, called up for England. He thought it was the England polo, water polo squad because all he's all he's doing at the moment is being in the pool. Yeah, yeah he's
4: always got a line to, pool. I like that about him. He's a good lad, um, isn't he? Yeah. But it, yeah, it, it, just one of those misunderstandings, and I don't see it being a particular issue. Yeah. You know, he's not fit. He's not fit. He won't go. Um, so he'll just get the next couple of weeks to recover and. We'll see where he is after the international yeah, break,
0: which I think would be uh, what my preferred option would be, because I think there's another point that we we could have gone into, uh, and I think we probably did actually on on Monday. But you know, Mount uh, Kante and uh, Reece James are probably Chelsea's among their most important players, and uh, I I mean I think it might have been uh, Daniel in Football London, but he somebody wrote a really good piece. I think it was Daniel, but they wrote a really good piece on statistically actually they are our most creative players in terms of chances creating things like that so the sooner they get back the better um and the sooner you come back on the show i think uh, the better as well liam it's always a delight having you on and uh, it's been far too long so lovely to see you and thank you for your insight as always and uh hopefully we will see you see you sooner rather than later my friend but good to see you oh
4: good to see you guys too and i pleasantly surprised that I managed to get through an hour without either a dog barking or a baby crying in the background. The the gods are with us
0: tonight, as they weren't last week. But there you go. Right. Um, After this very short break, uh, we're going to have the lovely Steve Grant back with us from the Total Saints pod for uh, the Opposition View. But until then, uh, we will see you in a minute. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my
1: beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know,
0: JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Real
1: fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Football
3: Fancast.
0: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday Night Review Show with me, Stanford Chidge, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, and uh, the lovely uh, Housewives' Choice, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Hello. And uh, they're very enthusiastic tonight. Not that anybody would have thought they'd just watch Chelsea lose to Juventus or something. I don't know. But uh, right, now it is time for this, of course. The Opposition View. And on the Opposition View tonight, we've got a warm welcome back, actually. I mean, I, I think we, we might have spoken to this uh, gentleman a couple of times last season. Like he'll, he'll remind me in a minute. But it's lovely to say hello again to Steve Grant from the Total Saints podcast. Good evening. How are we doing?
5: Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, um,
0: kind of approaching
5: this weekend with a little bit of trepidation, I think.
4: Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, it's a funny... It's, a, it's Saints' uh, funny season. I mean, as you know, I've got... A lot of very very good mates who are who are Southampton fans, having having grown up in this parish, and uh, they're they're really miserable as sin actually. I mean they they like that anyway. To be fair, but you know I, I'm I'm more positive about Saints than they are. That's what I can't handle. Um, but you haven't you haven't won in the league this year, but you haven't you haven't been getting thumped by people. So I'm kind of curious, Steve. What what do you think of the form at the moment for Saints?
5: Um, I think we've been all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you compare the games we've played with the corresponding games last year, we're, I think, three points up. Um, and, I mean, we've played United and City already and haven't lost to either of them. Um, and to be honest, we should have won both games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I the problem is that everybody has kind of latched on to um, the Wolves game from Sunday, which... At the time, you kind when you were kind of in the moment of watching the game, it was a it was a dull, dreary game that didn't really have an awful lot um, going on, um, and everyone's kind of just sort of picked up this wave of pessimism again. It's just like, come on, lads! A week a week ago, everyone was saying, "Oh, look at us! We've we've worked out a system that um, that's got us, got us a point at Man City, and we should have won at Man City." And we've basically stopped them even, I think they had, they had their first shot on target in the 93rd minute. And it's, yeah, I mean, our, our fan base can be a little bit real sort of short-term reactionary, mm. which you kind of don't really associate with the smaller clubs, I don't think, sort of historically. It's, that's that's kind of the sort of stuff you'd expect on social media from Chelsea fans, for example, Um I mean, particularly Arsenal and Spurs fans are, are the notorious ones. When there's like one one result, they'll go absolutely absolutely mad. Um, but to see kind of our fan base start to go down that road was it's kind of a little bit of a worrying sign, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I you know weird. I mean, I went, I went, I went. Funnily enough, last Friday we couldn't do the show last Friday because I was I went up to London to go and see the specials, and I and I went up there with a, a really you know very old mate of mine who's been a lifelong Saints fan he's in his 60s now and we had a good chat about the football and he said much the same actually Steve he said the thing is about you know Saints fans nowadays he said they're really quick to get on players backs you know and I think I mean he, he's been going since the early 70s so you know it was very different then. but I think you can say that about a lot of teams but it is curious isn't it because you know, I kind of understand it, of as you were saying, the bigger clubs who expect to win every week, and if they put in a duff performance, getting on people's backs. And I've, I ignore social media because that is just nuts, as we know. But in the stadium, that's the real barometer for me. And I was really surprised to hear hear that about Southampton. It's not something I've heard when I've when I've gone down to St Mary's with, with Chelsea. You know, and and you know, invariably we do quite well there. I've not I've not seen or heard that at all. So I was surprised.
5: But I think um I think your experience when when Chelsea come to St. Mary's, because we're not expecting anything from the game, there is there is a slightly more sort of tempered um expectation. And therefore, if we're um if we get beat, it's like, well, okay, Chelsea have got a squad that cost half a billion pounds to put together. That's that is that is our kind of lot in life. Whereas we're playing against a side like Wolves, who have started the season badly. Haven't looked very good at all. weren't actually very good against us on Sunday either. I didn't think, but they took they took a chance um, with a, a quality centre forward um, taking the opportunity that one of our defenders presented to him. Yeah. Um, and that's that's been the frustration. I think that actually we've we've done quite a lot right this season, and yet we're not translating that into um into results where in previous years maybe um with a slightly better quality centre forward in Danny Ings some of those some of the sort of half three quarter chances that we've created in these games he'd have probably taken some of them I think yeah. um it's just it's it's one of those moments where um I think and I think clubs of our size are gonna probably experience this a lot more Sort of post-pandemic, where people haven't been been to games for eighteen months, a lot of people have kind of found other things to do on a Saturday afternoon, and as a result, patience is kind of a lot a, a sort of lot less. I think among a lot of people, I think there's there's a shorter short retention span, shorter uh, level of patience, and kind of. I think that is kind of borne out in the reaction of actually what's not been not been a bad start given the absolutely horrendous fixture list that we've been given to start the season. I mean, we're we're almost certainly going to go into the second international break without a league win, and yet we're not going to be in the bottom three, and we're I would say we're probably
1: comfortably better than at least six teams, maybe more. Yeah, Steve, do you think it's because the your, the expectations are enhanced by the fact that you stay in the division so they actually think there should be improvement i mean this has happened before in the premier league i mean charlton were an example of that where everybody complained madly because they kept, kept finishing 12th and yes. they just what well, they kept think they kept thinking no we've got we must improve we must get better must get better and I oh, wonder this, whether this that's is. because you don't, you're not a yo-yo club and because you don't have that relegation problem, really, you're always there or thereabouts in the middle, where actually fans are going, hang on, where's the improvement? We've been here long enough. And particularly since you get you have decent players and you have decent performances, you know, you think, why can't this be getting better? And the manager is clearly a top manager. So perhaps there is that feeling with it. That's what that's the, the impression I get. And I, I know I think selling Ings was a. Sorry, I am not rubbing mm-hmm. on. But selling Ings, I'm, In, I like Ings very much. Thought he was a terrific player. Perhaps, it, perhaps it's that kind of thing. As well, you've then sold one of your better players as well. This is why there has been this kind of uh, a, a downward reaction to it.
5: I mean, there is there is always frustration when we sell when we sell a player um, who is one of our better players. Yeah. Um, but I think the Ings the Ings and Vestergaard situations were kind of situations where I would have liked to have thought there'd be a little bit more understanding um, from our fan base. Danny Ings came to us from Liverpool because he wasn't ever going to get a game at Liverpool. And this idea that he was some uh, sort of Saints fan coming home to um, play for his play for his boyhood team and um, take us to, Uh, to new heights just isn't, isn't the narrative. He was, he wasn't a Southampton fan when he grew up, um, even though he's from the, he's obviously from the area. Um, And he's an, he's an ambitious player and he, he wanted to, he wanted to move on. We offered him hundred grand a week. Villa offered him 150. Um, So I, I don't blame him for leaving and I don't blame us for taking taking the offer when Villa came in, because ultimately it meant we didn't have to deal with Daniel Levy, which was an almost (laughs) near certainty to happen if, if that offer hadn't come completely out of the blue. At the end of the day, those two players were had a year left on their contract. We either take a chance that um, they're still motivated for that last season. um, And the, the non-performances in pre-season suggested that Danny Ings wasn't particularly motivated and therefore, okay, you you take you take a view. Um, do you kind of keep hold of them for for that final year and um, then let them go for nothing, um, or do you kind of just take what you can get and hope that um, you can? You're never going to be, be able to replace like for like, but maybe you can replace two thirds of the output and then hope to make up the difference elsewhere in the team. And I think that's that's the view that we've taken with both players because we've signed uh, Adam Armstrong from. Uh, Blackburn, who has looked lively, albeit um, has kind of had similar issues that Che Adams has had in front of goal in that they both kind of work hard and get into decent positions, but they're not quite as clinical yet. Um, But they're both young and and I'd, I'd like to think that'll come. So, but fans, fans do kind of get frustrated when we sell, when we sell players, but it's, You'd you have thought that over by now. After after what happened that that summer, after in when was it 2014 when we basically sold everybody, and there was the, the and uh, Pochettino left, and I think six first teamers also went out the door, and Ronald Koeman came in, and there was the famous uh, Twitter photo of the training ground with a load of cones out and nobody there, <laughs> and that was the that was the the kind of joke. Oh, where's it, where's everybody gone? And all of a sudden, actually, that that um that transfer window, we signed Dusan Tadic, um, Sadio Mane, Graziano Pella, and Toby Aldaverot. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, after what after the results that we saw with that with that team over the following two or three years, you would have thought that our fans would have kind of settled down with this situation of our position in relative position in the food chain and actually trust the club that. Okay, it's not gonna work every time, but um there is a there is a method to the supposed madness of continually sending your best players.
0: Well, I mean, talking of players that you've got, obviously you've got I mean, I know you, you sold uh, Bertrand to uh to uh to Leicester, ex Chelsea boy. You still got Romeo, of course. Um yep. whose whose career basically went downhill after he met me and was photographed of me, I have to say. <laughs> um, not helped by a broken leg that had nothing to do with me. I hasten to add. Uh, but you've got uh, Liveramento, uh, who you bought from us, much to our annoyance, uh, because we really do rate him. And of course, some some deal with that, by the way. Yeah, we got it's, a buyback, um, haven't we? Fifty million or something. Fifty million quid buyback yeah. clause. I mean, 30, 35. Is it thirty-five? I thought it was fifty.
5: No, uh, the um the, the the number I've so the number I've seen is that effectively Chelsea would have to pay us thirty-eight million. Um, but that will but we haven't actually paid anything of the 5 million yet that doesn't that doesn't kick in till next summer wow um and basically there is it's then a um 15% of of profit type um situation so it would be third, so if chelsea were to buy him back it would be um Chelsea would have to basically pay us 38 million, which would be the equivalent of a 50 million transfer fee.
0: Wow. What what do you think of him though, Steve? Because he's I've seen a couple of Saints games and he looks very good, I have to say.
5: Yeah, I mean he's he's slot, slotted in seamlessly. And it's I mean, I I when we signed him, I thought, okay, well, I mean, obviously looking at the fan reaction, Chelsea fans were thinking, why have we let this kid go? Mm. Um, I'd not seen anything of him at all. And he came on in a pre-season game at half time and like within 30, literally within thirty seconds of um, the second half kicking off, he'd sent a th- he'd set up Theo Walcott for a goal, and um, he thought, "Oh, okay, this is interesting." And but I I still didn't expect him to start the season because yeah, Carl Walker Peters was fully fit, um, and was um, certainly among the contenders for Player of the Season last year. Um, I mean, he got my vote. I, I think he I think he was actually third in the vote in in the end, but. Um, for me, he was he was our he was our outstanding player, and you thought, well, okay, we've bought a left back, so there's nothing really doing there. There's no no reason to to switch anybody over, um, and all of a sudden you see the team sheet at Everton on the opening day, and Livermento starting with Walker Peters on the bench. It's like, okay, this I mean, as Walker, Walker Peters must have picked up a picked up a knock in training or something late this week, and he's he's not quite hundred percent. So okay right well let's let's see how this goes and within 20 minutes of, of that game at goodison park there was a, there was something there that you just thought okay that's why he's picked him and he was just like jesus the, this kid has absolutely no fear whatsoever um i mean i think from a defensive perspective i think there's there's obviously work to be done but um his confidence on the ball and um as an attacking fullback is just extraordinary at that given the given the level that he's come into that he's I mean he's obviously never played a premier league game before never played a senior game before I don't think and he just looks completely completely at ease i think going forward there may be an option for us to look at playing him in midfield playing him as a as a right midfielder with Walker Peters behind him because i think then you kind of you find you find a way to keep your best players in the team. And Walker Peters is still one of our best players. Um, so I'd like to still see him playing uh, more often than not. But I think that gives us an option. But yeah, he's he's looked he's looked superb so far.
0: What what about Broyer?
5: Mixed. Mm. Um, when he's I mean he was he was excellent at Newport County, but then that was against Newport County's reserves. Um so you have to kind of apply a little bit of context to that but that was his first game that was his first appearance of any note for us and he he was excellent for i think the 70 minutes or so he played um and then he came off the bench against west ham and nearly won us the game and that was that was kind of the the performance that everyone thought okay this this kid's got something yeah. and he clearly has he's clearly got all the all the talent in the world um what also seems to be quite clear is that there's a bit of an application issue um in the we then went to Sheffield, we obviously went to Sheffield United in the League Cup and he played, um, he played the full 90. Um, and to be honest, looked fairly disinterested. And Ralph Hasenhuttle called him out on it after the game as well. So it, it was obviously noticed um, on the bench as well. And I think it had been mentioned at the start of the season as well when obviously we signed him um I think that was a that was a deadline day signing. I think, but he like um, we. I think Ralph basically said that he's not gonna um, he's not gonna play immediately because he needs to realise that there are there are certain um, there are certain standards. And I think the the thing that was um, that was evident was that apparently he basically turned up at at training and thought right I've made it and, and here we go. Um, so that ultimately that, how well he does, I think is, is entirely down to him and, and his, his mental application of things, because you can see that he's got all the attributes to be a, to be an excellent center forward. Um, and if he applies himself and he gets his head in the game and he's, and he's there on a more consistent, on a more regular and consistent basis, then yeah. I mean, I think, I think you've got a, you've got a, a fine player for the future. I mean, whether, whether he'll actually get the opportunity, who knows? I mean, the way, the way it's, the way it seems to go at, at Chelsea has all, I mean, for the last 20 years has always been that um, someone, someone looks promising coming through the ranks and just as it looks as if they might just about break, make a breakthrough, you go and spend anywhere between 10 and hundred million pounds on someone in the same position. So it's, it's one of those, then, he might get an opportunity if he does. It's it's down to him to take yeah. it.
0: I mean, he looked he looked. I mean, he he looked quite a decent player, and he got a few opportunities with us last season, didn't he, Clayton? He, I mean, you know, he looked young, but he looked as though he had some talent. Yeah, I mean, I, I
3: mean, that's a really interesting comment about his attitude.
0: I suppose
3: that I mean that that really sort of needs to be knocked out of him. Because, you know, just because you've gone out on loan to a Premier League club doesn't mean you've made it because you've actually got to do it. Um, I mean, internationally, he's done very well, hasn't he? They've scored a couple of goals recently. Yeah, I mean, he, he got, got the winner for Albania against Hungary, yeah. didn't he? So Hungary. he's uh, he's obviously a talent. I mean, it just, yeah, I'd be interested to know how it develops from from what you're saying as to whether he gets much of a look-in. Um, I mean, I've been really impressed The sort of, just the bits and pieces I've seen of sort of Armstrong seems really quite lively, um, but it's a it's a it's a step up, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, Blackburn to the Premier League is uh, is a big thing. Um, no, I, th- I think Liberamento, I mean, it's a fantastic bit of business for you. It's absolutely mm. superb. Um, you know, and and he he the club didn't want him to go, mm. uh, but the club. <laughs> We're basically trying to sign Hakimi in the summer, yeah. who's who's a right back. And, you, and you've already got Reese James, you're
5: your Aspilaqueta, who can play right back if, yeah. if it needs be. Although I think you'd probably prefer him in the center these days. Um, yeah. And the problem is that players players read these, read these um rumors and see that, well, hang on. Clearly, you're clearly you're you're looking for somebody in my position. Um if you're if you're spending fifty million quid on a on another fullback, then there's absolutely no way that I'm getting in ahead of him. No matter how well I do, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna
3: give the fifty million pound guy the the opportunity. So, uh, how um the one thing that I've got a real problem with is that I've put Ward Prowse in my fantasy football league team, <laughs> hmm. and he doesn't really seem to be getting many points. I mean, he's a fabulous player. How's he playing this season?
5: Uh, this season's been a bit of a struggle, I think um i don't i mean his his summer was um just a bit of a pain for him because um obviously he was in the standby um list for the euro squad um and played obviously played in both of those games up in middlesbrough the two pre tournament friendlies and was brilliant in the second game um uh, man the match by by country mile um, but was still left out of the squad, uh, basically because Southgate panicked after seeing the train wreck that was Tyrone Mings in those two games. Um, so basically, went for Ben White instead. That was that was that was the reason. That was basically the reason why it was White instead of Ward Prowse um, for that final spot. And I think that um sort of rejection if you like kind of took a bit of a mental toll there were weird rumors linking him with the move to villa it was like well okay you he's been like the price the price being quoted was like 30 million it's like okay that might get you his left foot how about the rest of him um given his importance to us and and then we we obviously ended up giving him a new deal um, so he's now our highest paid player. He's, I think he's the first player we're paying 100, 100 grand a week to. Um, and I think that kind of unsettled... Um, the whole thing just kind of unsettled him a little bit and he's not quite been been at it. Um, had an injury building up to the start of the season, so didn't, didn't play much in pre-season either. So he's kind of had to hit the ground running when ideally he'd have had three or four games in pre-season to, to get up to speed, um, given the sort of talismanic uh, role that he's had for us over the last few years. And, of course, he's now played 101 straight 90 minutes of Premier League football. So, ultimately, I think the guy's just knackered.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- um, I think I think a lot of footballers are knackered.
5: Yeah. He's, I mean, it was, it was interesting, wasn't it, in the um, uh, last... Um, last season when obviously everybody had played that insanely sort of um, built up periods in project restart um, last summer. And then we'd had a short pre-season and come straight into the start of of last season. Um, The one player who basically hadn't played at all in that period um, throughout the Premier League. And then suddenly went on, went on loan and started playing regular football, Jesse Lingard basically was tear, tearing the arse out of the entire league because he was he was the only player that had any energy.
0: It's yeah, <laughs> a, a really good point, Steve, actually. And we were moaning about mental and physical fatigue earlier on. Now, uh, obviously, we're playing you on Saturday. Um, I have to say, um, our recent record against you lot has not been as impressive as many might think. In fact, the last time... I mean, we haven't beaten you at home since something like 2017, yeah, Decem- it's, it's weird how yeah. we've
5: got a good record at Stamford Bridge and you've got a good record at St Mary's.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which I kind of like because I n- nearly always go down to St Mary's. It's, it's one of my favourite away's because uh, being in Winchester, it's not really in a way. But uh, I can't go this year for some reason. But anyway, that's beside the point. Now, here's the thing. I mean, you know, you're right. We've we we we've come off the back of two disappointing defeats. Uh, I would imagine that Tuchel will have got into them. Um You know, many of us might see it as an opportunity to really bounce back and also, you know, get Lukaku scoring again. Yeah, he's
5: he's got a good record against us as well.
0: Well, indeed. But I do fear, I fear that it might not be the case. And one of the reasons is that you managed to draw 0-0 away to Man City. So, A, how on earth did Saints do that? And B, can you do it again against us?
5: Um, I think it'll be difficult, um, largely because... I think your while Man City's team is team and squad is obviously a fantastic team and and they've been they've been a great side for for a number of years. I also think they're quite one-dimensional in the way that they play in that it's quite predictable in that they're they're always looking to play in a fairly narrow part of the pitch. They don't they don't make the pitch wide particularly um whereas I think Chelsea Chelsea squad is much more rounded. You've got a lot of different options, so you could play. You can play with wing backs if you want to, um, and add extra, even add extra wingers as well, just to make the make the game really wide. Put crosses into a, into a big centre forward, or you can put balls down the channel for Lukaku and Werner to run onto. Um, or you can play um, play neat through the middle as well, because um, you've got players who are good on the ball in tight spaces. Um, in a similar way that Man City like to play, but we've we've basically worked out how to um, how to stop those those sort of um, attacks. I think
1: is that by um, pressing, Steve? Aren't you a very much a pressing side? That was the impression that I. got. Well,
5: um, we were, and then we got halfway through last season, and everyone fell over because we were just exhausted <laughs> yes. and realised that actually we can't we can't do we can't sustain this over a full season. It doesn't work. Um, obviously we were top of the league for what three days, um, off the back of having been able to do it through Project Restart and the start of last season. But once you get a cut once once people start getting fatigued and, and injured, um you can't you can't sustain it because the quality wasn't there in the in the backup players. We've we've kind of expanded the squad and we've I'm confident now that the players we've got on the bench are able to at least match the level of the of the first 11 now which we didn't have last season but i think um i think it's difficult to sustain a real high pressing game for 90 minutes at, at this level now um so what we've what we've tended to do is basically play a play a more sort of we do press but we press in stages so we'll press for 5 minutes perhaps and um basically try and un- unsettle the opposition defence and um, sort of try and spring something early. Um, but then we'll kind of settle down and and kind of reevaluate, um, keep a fairly fairly low block because we're not still not that quick at the back. And then that then en- enables us to have a little bit of energy for the last 20, 25 minutes. And it's been noticeable, particularly in our home games um, this season, that we've actually been a lot better... Um, in the last 15 to 20 minutes. So Man United, we should have won late on West Ham. We should have won late on and Wolves. We should have got back, got level late on, Um, but kind of ahead of sort of earlier in, in um, all three of those games, we weren't quite so strong. Whereas in pre in previous seasons, we'd have been out of the blocks really quick. First half, real high press. And we'd have probably got ourselves into a lead, but then we'd completely run out of gas in the second half and we'd loot and we'd toss the game away
0: interesting um so in a, in a, from our point of view steve let, let's hope chelsea are, are, are far up you know beyond sight by half time uh, although i mean you know i mean it was the other way around wasn't it in that ridiculous 3-3 but how how do you think it's going to go tomorrow what what's your prediction
5: it's diff- i find it difficult to see us winning in winning this one um just because you've got a lot of quality and ultimately there's a point to prove after two yeah. fairly underwhelming performances in the last week or so um and there's just there's a there's a lot that needs to go right for us to get a result and i i just don't i i think we'll be all right i don't think it's going to be i don't think we're going to get hammered but i just think we'll probably get edged out um so i suspect it'll be it'll be one nil and i mean lukaku will score that i mean that's an absolute certainty
1: <laughs>
0: well uh, it's
1: nine times i think he's scored he scored really? against you isn't that right? yeah
0: yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Good stats, J.K. I'm impressed. Well, Steve, um, as always, you know, I'm not going to wish you any luck at all for tomorrow, but I certainly <laughs> will wish you luck for the rest of the season. And uh, it being that I can't get down to St Mary's this year unless they move it to a Sunday, so I kind of hope they do. Uh, then it's quite I'll... often
5: a TV game that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. But knowing my luck, it'll be it'll be twelve thirty. So. On a Saturday, but uh, I yeah. hope they move it to a Sunday because that means I can still go. But uh, for obvious reasons, I hate to stay up because I, I, I hate to see my mates miserable, but also because I would really miss the opportunity to get, get on the train and join all my mates coming down from London for the Southampton away. So there you go. So I do wish you luck for the rest of the season. Brilliant seeing you as always. Thanks so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate that. And no uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, before the away match, which would be, I think, Friday the eighth of April, if my memory serves me correctly.
5: Yes, yeah, uh, yeah uh, quite a way away that it one, is, isn't it?
0: It seems like a long way away. Trust me, it'll come. That's a, a lifetime flesh. away. That. I mean, no. All right, mate. Good to see you, and uh, hopefully yeah, you we'll do. see you in April. Take care. Yeah, we'll do. Cheers. Thanks, Steve.
3: Cheers. Cheers, guys. See you.
0: Brilliant. There we go. That's Steve Grant from Total Saints Podcast there. And uh, what what an yeah I I love it. We get these guests. They're so knowledgeable about their football, aren't they? and their club, it's 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 really interesting to have their insight, chaps, isn't it?
3: But they're also knowledgeable about us
0: as well. Yeah, yeah. That's what kind of why that's slightly scary, though. Actually, I think. How does he know all about that? I don't know. Maybe they should do our show, and we should just retire. You know, maybe that'd be a good idea. Anyway, we're not going to retire yet because we've got part three coming up in a minute, and we'll see you then.
1: Fans, real opinions.
5: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up
0: the Chelsea Football Right, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show. Uh, and of course, it's me, Stanford Chidge, uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, and the lovely Clayton Bierman. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop indeed. Uh now before uh, we get on and preview uh the Chelsea Southampton match, uh, as we do in part three, I've got a couple of parish notices. Ooh. And the first one is that I can reveal that this week's football prizes competition, if you remember last week uh we had uh, a Frank Lampard signed and framed shirt, which I don't know who won on Wednesday night, but hopefully somebody who listens to this show. Um this week, almost kind of serendipitously really it is a Mason Mount signed and framed shirt in this week's football prizes draw. Now the tickets are four ninety five pounds each, but they are currently, or they were the last time I looked, they were on sale a sale price of three pounds ninety six for a short time. I suspect they'll probably go back up to four ninety five before next Wednesday, the sixth of October, when the draw will commence and you will no longer be able to buy a ticket. Now, uh, to enter, you go to footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product, forward slash mount hyphen shirt. Uh, And the last time I looked, which was about two this afternoon, there were about 57 of the 99 tickets still available. So there's a few there, but do not miss out. Because once people know that Mason Mount's shirt's up for grabs, I can assure you that many people will want to hop onto that bus. Now, as we're talking about the game, or we're about to tomorrow, and it's a home game, I can also tell you that if you're disappointed that you can't go and meet the legend that is Jonathan Kidd in person and get him to sign his incredibly prestigious autograph on his new book what he has written about his dad <laughs> I know it's very upsetting I'm I'm mortified I'm real I'm I'm so upset I'm thinking of not going at all tomorrow that's how upset I am However that's oh, true no, it's true, no. it's true. No. However 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 you can make up for your disappointment because uh, uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust as they as they always do at every home game We'll be having a food bank collection, something we started a few years ago, now a few seasons ago, um, and it will, and it's, as you probably know by now, it's in aid of the uh, Hammersmith and Fulham food banks, and uh, the collection point has moved. It used to be at the CFC UK stall, but now it is at the gates of the Sir Oswald Stoll Mansions, which of course is next to Stamford Bridge. Uh, sadly, uh, the need for food banks are getting greater than ever. Uh, and what they really would like are donations of long-life juice and milk, tinned fruit, meat and vegetables, and instant coffee. And uh, if you if you, you know, if you can't be asked to go to Sainsbury's or lug a big bag of shopping around, you can always donate you know, 10, 20 quid or whatever you, you can afford, really. And you'll see Cliff there, no doubt, and a few of the other trusts as well. So please go and do that. It's a lovely thing to do, and we're all very proud of the fact that we're helping people who are less fortunate than ourselves. Now... Chelsea versus Saints. Bit of a it's like a, a Chich classico, isn't it? Really, I suppose. You know, it, I, I meant to say to uh, Steve actually. I'm, I'm 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 kicking myself that I didn't when he was talking about Danny Ings. Danny Ings is the third most famous person to come from Winchester, behind, of course, me and Wayne Bridge. You know, just thought I'd get. Who that, did he in support, Chidge? Was he Pompey <clears> fan? I really don't know. Actually, I mean, I knew he was born in Winchester, but. You know, I was talking to Gibbo, uh, my mate, on last Friday about Danny Ings and he was the same as Steve. He was saying, Well, people are spitting their, their dummies out. But, you know, there's no loyalty in football. just because you live in the area and you you know it's your home team, it doesn't mean you have to play play for them or stick around. So I think that they all seem quite sanguine about it, but there you go. Let's talk about the team selection. As always, I've done my little lineup here. And I mean, I think chaps, really, in view of what we were saying earlier, I mean, I really do think, um, for example, that he needs to not play Ziyech and Havertz right now, because um, I think they need to have a spell pondering uh, how they will actually gain form. And I know you can say they can gain form by playing, but I just think others are champ. This is Chelsea, you know, we can't have people, can't have travellers, can we, you know? So my, my selection is really much, very much based on, on that, as in who might be tired, who deserves a chance given the impact that they've had recently, and also half a mind to how we better support Lukaku and we get some creativity and box-to-boxishness in midfield. Now, I also assumed before I wrote this that Mount might not play, so I'm going to modify one of them, um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I'm thinking Mondi, Rudiger, Christensen, Chalobah. I agree with Clayton that Silva will need a rest, Chilwell has got to start for me. I think Alonso needs a rest, and I'm being polite there. Uh, Aspilicueta, I think, starts as the right wing-back because I think he can play there. Simple as that, and we know that James is not fit. Midfield's a bit difficult. I would absolutely, absolutely start Loftus-Cheek. I think in the last couple of weeks, he's more than earned the right to get a start, and he brings something different to that midfield. You know, he can run with the ball... He sets up attacks and he keeps going. JK was wonderfully eloquent about this on Monday night on the show. He's got to start. Then the moot point, given that Conte is not fit, is is it Jorginho or is it Kovacic? I don't think it really matters. I've gone for Jorginho. All right. Also, noting the fact that, that you know, we're playing a, 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 on paper a poorer side. So I don't think he will be as exposed as much as he was against City. Then up front, obviously Lukaku. Now, as I said, I, I wrote this thinking that Mount wasn't fit. So I've gone, in lieu of uh, no Mount and also not wanting Ziyech or Havertz to play, I've gone Werner, who again, I think, you know, for all of his, you know, blunt, you know, his, his <laughs> I mean, comedy, I suppose, is one way of putting it. He does put in more bloody effort than, than Havertz and Ziyech combined. So I was prepared to start him, but I was also going to put in view of the fact that Pulisic is also unavailable, I was going to put Hudson-Odoi in there. Uh, not as a wing-back, but actually far more forward. Now, you know, if Mount's fit, then what I would do is I would actually probably start Mount on the right and hudson Adoy on the left of the two behind Lukaku. Oh,
1: God, I can't cope, chidge Well, okay. that's what
0: I... Because I think you're right, JK. I think it makes absolute sense. He's much better playing on the left than he is the right. Clayton's, Clayton said sorry, that Clayton. I do apologize. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I totally agree. It, you know, it, it really boils my piss that he, he but we gets haven't played on seen
1: right. that with Tuchel at all. We haven't seen that. on the left. Yeah, I mean, it, to was, be... it was a Lampard thing, in fact. He yeah, Tuchel hasn't played him there at all, but and in fact, the fact that he's tried to make him into a wing back proves that he's he re thinks he's much more right sided. But I thought his second half performance against um uh Juventus was much more encouraging. I agree, actually. yeah. I thought he really tried. He worked very hard, and they did put a lot of players on him because he was he was dangerous. I just think that um, uh, that the, 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 I think, as he said today, Tuchel, they're performing at ninety percent at the moment, and it needs to be many instances a hundred percent because Lukaku, despite not getting the service and despite being uh, being stitched up on many occasions by the the, the the fact there were three players on him from time to time, um, did have three chances. And didn't put any of them away, and the, that timid one that from the the corner that they took that as they kept insisting on the unbelievably dreadful commentary that we got uh, from the uh, from from BT Sport. Darren it,
3: Fletcher.
1: Yeah, Darren Fletcher and Hoddle. Oh my goodness, you'd think that. Um, that uh, Juventus were the greatest team in the world from the way they were they were going on about them, and we were the worst team. It just got worse and worse. The whole commentary. Um, but the 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 one that was scuffed that he scuffed when it was driven across the penalty area. I'm afraid you pay. A hundred million for a forward like that to, to bury that. He should have scored.
0: In, he should, should have scored the shot. There's no doubt in my mind about yeah, that. Yeah, Header, yeah. Headers, you know. I mean, he was under pressure a bit with them. I, I, you, they're easier no, to the miss. The previous one, the
1: one he laid back and went over. He should have scored. For, put, yeah. should put it on target. I, it I, was,
0: I think out of all the chances, the one he hoofed over the bar was the one yeah, that he it was should the have better, put away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you look at I'm, the difference I'm, between that and Chiesa, for example. Oh. Which oh. is a brilliant finish. Brilliant, but one, brilliant shot. one yeah. shot that he had. But he, he deliberately hit it high because that's the only yeah. place he could yeah. put it. I thought that was. I, I really rate Chiesa, by the way. I think he's. Oh, fin- we were, we were yeah. linked vaguely with him about three yeah, weeks ago. Clayton, are you in agreement with uh, His, His Royal Highness, Mr. Kidd?
3: Yeah, very much so. I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I completely agree that I just don't think Tushal trusts Hudson odoi up front. Which is a great shame, um, because I think if if going with what you proposed, um, having him on the left, um, it's worth a try because we need to do something. We need to feed the beast up front, and we're not doing that. Um, Verna is is an interesting <laughs> one. Say it, say it, Clayton. Say it. One, one of the things that. As, as the, that um, I've seen this season and I don't know whether you guys picked up on this on Monday was that I think it was against certainly against Villa and then definitely against Man City when he's been on these lung-bursting runs he seems to be hunched over afterwards. <laughs> he really does. He looks like he's just he, he's given everything and he it, hasn't got much more to give. I just, uh, I just don't know. I mean, he's a
0: complete enigma to me. I really just, I I just don't get him. I I think... He's got Chelsea-itis, mate. It's not an enigma. He's another one of the long line of people who've come with a rep and look absolutely out of their depth. He's like another catchman.
3: You think about the two goals he scored against Southampton last season. Yeah. You thought, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. We've really got something here. And... I don't think he's done anything similar to that since. I mean, I I just, as you say, he, the effort he gives, you know, I think the the body language of Havertz and Ziyech belies what they actually do. I think they do do stuff. And I do think they put the effort in. And and JK said early on about the effort that um, the Ziyech put in on, on Wednesday night, which was most of which was misplaced. I mean, you, you just, you know, like, like tomorrow, we know that Southampton are going to press. I do fear for tomorrow because I think of all the opponents that we could have had, I think they're probably one of the worst that we could have had. It would have been very nice to have actually swapped this fixture with Norwich. I think we need a Norwich. I really do. And I think, I think Southampton will make it very, very difficult and unless we score early. I think it could be uh it could be a very long afternoon
0: yeah i mean as i said i'm i mean I'm really hoping that we'd bounce back and I'm really hoping that we we'd you know get a few goals and i and i as, as all i mean you know it's like a very obvious thing to say, but I think scoring early particularly for us is a is a real help and and I think given what Steve was saying that saints have a proclivity to fizzle out or or more to the point actually he said that they came back into it late, didn't he so a few well, goals. I think they
1: rest, don't they? They rest yeah. after
0: the press. They press
1: and then they and they'll they'll they'll, they'll then reappear as as energized because they're. I mean, they're, I I, I think the amount, amount
3: of pressure on us tomorrow might also be against us because the amount of pressure to get a result after two defeats just before the international rake, I think there's huge pressure on us to win this. I really do.
0: Well, I mean, we haven't lost uh, three in a row. Uh well three three straight competitive deep defeats within ninety minutes in the same season since September, October two thousand and two. Wow. Yeah, that is a Wowzers, isn't it? So, you know, if you're a betting I lo- not, not, not even in the palpable Discord
3: season.
0: Yeah, it says uh the blues, this is right. This is, I I get a lot of these previews. I I basically my go to is Rick's wonderful stuff. Uh, the pre-match briefing, which is just brilliant, as we all know. But the other bit I get, which is also quite interesting, because it's a bookmaker, really. It's the Flash Score app that I've got. And they always do a preview of the game. They're doing it with a with a betting frame of mind. So they're all full of this kind of stuff. And I love all that. But yeah, they say that uh, we're trying to avoid three straight competitive defeats within 90 minutes in the same season. Something they haven't suffered since September, October 2002. So there you go. They would know. Um, so i mean you know i i it, it it's so hard because you know one half of your brain is saying we should we should hump this lot but the other half is saying football is all about uh you know circumstance and timing and uh momentum and momentum yeah exactly and and it, it, it is it, you know Southampton will make it very difficult for us JK and I think Hassan Hassan Hootles are really good this is what I keep saying to my Southampton mates JK who are all despondent I'm saying I don't know why you are Hassan Hootles a bloody good manager mate and actually Tuchel was very very complimentary about him today And I think they know each other from from way back don't they
1: well he said in the presser they have played against each other but also they meet up at um uh, they're a, a coach meets that I didn't know anything about. Actually, they obviously get together to discuss uh, the season ahead, or just whether they're social. They must be just social meets. Um, well, they're not going to discuss tactics, are they? Can I just, by the way, say that I don't think he'll play cheek. I think he'll play Mason Mount. Who? Um, uh, oh, right, right. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I like calling him cheeky cheek um well i think uh, he'll,
0: i think you will play mason mount and verna behind lukaki Yeah, no, i
1: think i agree but i don't think he will actually i think he'll play havertz again i just think he thinks havertz is a a totem um but uh and he, i think he, he'll he
0: play, plays like a totem pole so he'd, he'd like well, pole, I mean, the, he, the, the, you,
3: you can't forget that there, there has to be an element of pressure to pay him play him on the basis
0: that he costs us 89 million wow. quid do you, do you really think that do you really think that that makes a difference do you really think so yeah, no, I do. Why? I just think there's external pressure. But I'm I'm not so sure, mate. I'm really. I mean, I know what you mean. It 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 can look like that, but I really I call me naive, but I cannot well, believe I, that that the, the, the selection of the team is dictated by how much money we've spent on the players.
3: No, but I do think there's a certain element of if you have spent that much money, you tr- you must try and make
0: I'm it out. work. Yeah. Well, I mean one thing I will say to you both on that point is there may be some uh kind of post facto logic to that, given uh you know, what Lampard did to certain players. I mean, you know, there's a you could say that one of the crosses against Lampard's name as far as the board was concerned was was trying to ditch Kepper, who they'd spent seventy odd million on. You know, so you know, maybe there is some maybe there is some truth to it. I just can't I can't believe that that's the case. I mean, JK, like I've been saying, you know, to Steve and us a lot, you know, Saints did draw nil-nil with Man City. And I thought Steve's points on that were really, really bang on, actually. City are a very different side than us. but they're well, I don't no understand months. how it
1: happened, Chidge. I don't understand how that happened. I didn't, I, don't... I didn't
0: see the game annoyingly, but I think what they did was they, they did what Juventus did to us. But because City only play one way, they just try and play down, the, you know, through the lines. They don't go wide and get crosses in. A bit like what we did to Barcelona in the new Camp in, in 2012. Oh, and, and, what, and what we did to City in the first half. And what we did to City Last the... week. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's that, that, that's a, that's a really good way to set up against teams who, like possession of the ball, are all about these triangular short passes and playing through the channels. You just sit there with 10 men behind the ball oh, indeed, and indeed. you just but try I... and keep them narrow.
1: As, as Tuchel said, that it, uh, that city it did we did very well last week playing that way because it was nil nil at half time. Yeah, and uh, and they just got a, a deflected goal, yeah. and that was that was the difference. Yeah, and so he was he was bigging up the fact that we'd played marvelously defensively, and that was a way of playing. But I don't think that's the way they'll play because they press normally. Perhaps it'll be a combination of the two. I mean, I just it always seems to happen with with Southampton that they've got you know a couple of decent players who. Some weeks just don't turn it on, and then others do. And Redmond, for example, is an is Redmond is an example of that. Who sort of shoots occasionally from miles away, and occasionally hits somebody, and it goes in, or he's very accurate, or he'll probably he hit has
0: Werner, a, won't
1: it? He probably will hit. Well, if Werner plays, I don't think he'll play Werner. I don't think he'll play Werner. I think he'll. Um, I, uh, I don't do think you, he'll. Play do it. you
3: think he's at, Do you think he's actually given up, although?
1: Yeah. Well, I, he he played him in. Um, uh, when did he come on in the? Um, well, it, he played. It, he started it, against Man City in the City that game. That's right. But he did that thing. He was actually put through when we when we, we pushed out the one occasion, and he had yeah. two, he, the first touch. Took the ball about three yards wide. The first touch he took, and it. But was, I, I
3: think I think he played principally because he played in all three games where we beat Man City. I think he he basically yeah, trusted. Yeah. What he done in in those three games? But interestingly, um, we, we didn't have any of the same com- combination.
1: Chilwell played out of his skin. It was playing, was playing out of his skin at that time of the season. Yeah, and Chilwell hasn't been the same player at all.
0: Did all right um, against Juve when he came on, though.
1: No, he did. I'm um, saying, yeah, but he 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 was better. But he hasn't been before that. I think he'll start because I think he is. I think we have to come to the conclusion he is um, all round a better player than Alonso, who, as you said, Chidge is absolutely bizarre in his ability to start well and then somehow fall away and I I I slightly despair because I really like him as a player when he's on top form and he's uh, he's such a brilliant uh, attacker and and his his ability to control the ball and shoot is is fantastic but if he's just off the pace as he was against Juventus you just think well, OK, let's just not play him. I can't stand
0: but it. You know what? I mean, there's a really strong case, isn't there, I think? We, you know, we've got a pretty big squad. I mean, Tuchel says we don't yeah. have a big squad. Yeah. But I think yeah. there's, you know, there's a depth in that squad, which qualitatively is the best we've seen for a while, I think. But there is also a case, I think, for saying there's a lot of horses-for-courses players there. And I think, you know, Werner is a good pick for teams that we are going to be under the cosh against who we can counter-attack. Uh, Alonso is good for teams who are not going to, you know, be too aggressive against us and want to pin us back and certainly yes. put a man yeah. on him. Yes, he's so better, that he'll yeah. get a lot of freedom down the left and he won't have yeah. to defend much. Jorginho um, yeah. is brilliant. Case, but- yeah, sorry. G- sorry Jorginho G- is brilliant against teams, again, who are not very attack-minded so that he can just control and dictate the tempo of the match. But you play him against somebody who's got more aggressive intent and put two people on him and gets aggressive with him, then w- he's exposed. So we've got a with, lot with of horses-for-courses players, I think.
1: With that argument, Werner should play tomorrow and Jorginho shouldn't, and it should be yeah. coverage.
0: Yeah. Who had a stinker against Juve, stinker. but up, up till then has been really good for us this season. So... Yeah. You know. Well, there was a, there was a there was a great
3: description of Kovacic as being Juventus's best player in the first half. Well, he created more <laughs> chances for them, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. created
1: their own chances. In fact, um, I read an article saying that it was these the the errors that he made encouraged Juventus that they had a chance, and before that we weren't making any errors. At all and we were completely all over them the very fact that they were suddenly brought into the game and almost scored because Chiesa, if you remember for one of them drove straight across the goal and should possibly have, have centered yeah, it definitely. and it gave them um a kind of oh we can actually beat this team who we were champions of uh, it was it
3: was a very frustrating performance into you know on, on it, it we I was quite shocked at that first 20 minutes that you they were just seemed scared just, just step guy. back what but, I actually wanted and, and I this this is never going to happen but when you actually play a team like that who who obviously have got no intention of moving out of their half is if you go well alright then we won't move out of our half
0: <laughs> we'll just put the ball in the, on the Do you know what that spot? reminds me of there will be right. some people out there who will get this but Monty Python's uh, Philosopher's Football, where Hegel's sitting there with his kind of scratching his chin and nothing happens for half an hour and then somebody goes, ah, eureka, and then they kick the ball, don't they? It's absolutely brilliant. The the Greek philosophers score a great goal, don't they? Yeah, Socrates scores
3: You there at home, you know, the obligation on them should be to come out and and we should just, well, you're not going to come out,
0: so we won't come out. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, it'd be funny to see it. All right, boys. uh, Nail your colours to the mast. Clayton, what are you going to go for? (laughs) Yeah. A pint. One one all. One all. Mm, Hmm. That's not what we want. Uh, JK? 4-1. 4-1 to Southampton? Good man. 4-1 to Saints? Lukaku's going to score three. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go 3-0, actually, because we have a habit of Beating teams that aren't as good as us three 0 but you know I don't say that with a huge amount of conviction. I'm just kind of relying on Tuchel to pick the right team, and and you know get the right. attitude. I th- I thought the the most interesting thing you 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 picked one of you two picked up on this earlier earlier on, but Tuchel said in the presser, didn't he? It's about that ten percent. We have to find that ten percent. I mean he's a bloody good manager, and I trust him to figure this shit out. I really do. So. You well, do you
3: know what? One of the main reasons why, more than anything else, I want us to win tomorrow, is to go into the international break on the back of three diff- three bad performances, or not bad performances. That's not right. But three sort of average results. You know the naysayers and the shit and social media and all the rest of it. And whilst I know that it is not the be all and end all. You have to think that what eventually happened to Lampard, you know, the permeate, you know, the the, the, the feelings permeate through.
0: Yeah. I and do. I
3: don't want I don't want that to happen to Tuchel. Mm-hmm. And I he's he's a you know you listening to that press conference today and just thinking what a man yeah. you know says all the right things understands the game you know I just. That's why I want us to win tomorrow. I mean, obviously, always want us to win, but I think that's so important. I really do.
0: I I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think the other thing, from what we understand, you know, Mount will be playing tomorrow. And I mean, let's be really honest here. That makes a massive difference because he's the one player, you know, we were having a bit of... I mean, actually, as I said, Discord was really quite feisty and a bit toxic. I lost my shit, actually. And if Kaiser's listening, I'm very sorry for being rude, but I did kind of... Back it up with why I was being rude, which you might have missed. I think in the original message, I did. I said, "Oh, do fuck off," you know, which is a, <laughs> which is a classic chidge thing, really, isn't it? But um, you know, one thing that got that got very overlooked there. Somebody was saying, "Well, what does Mount bring to the team?" And I said, "You know, he, we're not a one-team player," and of course that's true. But he is the only person in the entire squad who has that dynamism and energy to set the tempo and the press and all of that. If he does nothing else, that's what he does that nobody else can do. And I think, and I think we know from from what Tommy Tuchel said that, that that he and Lukaku have developed some sort of a a relationship on on the pitch, which is good. And, and I think, you know, he, he makes us tick. Basically he makes, he makes the last third tick in the way that Kante makes the midfield tick. So, I do think that having Mount back will make a big difference. I'm sticking with 3-0, boys, but here's the rub, right? Yep. Uh, if you saw what me and JK, the the abomination that we, we do with the Prem Predictions League, you will know to put your money on a different result tomorrow. Uh, and I can prove this indefatigably because you lot out there you thought you got away with it, those, you, those of you who had stinkers uh, last weekend on the Prem Predictions League. You thought, ha ha ha, you thought, yeah, Chidge forgot, he didn't say anything on Monday. Well, no, 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 no. Because, of course, we still had Chelsea versus, oh, uh, Chelsea, we still had Palace versus Brighton to play. So, therefore, the league was not finished yet. And, of course, it is now. And it's, now is the time to humiliate and embarrass you all. But, sadly, most of all me and JK, because we are just shit, I mean, there's no other way to put it, mate. Um, you're only slightly more shit than me, which is an improvement on last season. You're not bottom. You're 70th uh, with 290. You had a really good week. You are one of the highest scorers last week, JK. You're about the third or fourth highest scorer. How about that?
1: Well, there you were just saying how dreadful I was. Well, I think overall
0: I we are, but you had a good week last week. Whenever well, I might asked... have a good
1: week tomorrow, I might, might. get the result right tomorrow. You, you never might. know. You
0: never know. Uh, I'm I'm in sixty eighth. I'm having an absolute.
1: Christian, I'm seventieth.
0: Oh, cheers, yeah. hello. I am having a Western Supermare this season. This is a season to to. It's, this, this, I, I mean, it, you know those really really good teams that uh, that are in like eighteenth position after about half a season and just don't know why I'm having that kind of a season. But anyway, uh, Tony Glover is not doing much better. He's in 66th place uh, with 335 points. Uh, Mark Mean and D- Dean Mears are kind of slightly lower mid-table. Uh, Mark's in third, 45th. Dean is in 43rd. Uh, Dane Whittle is doing quite well. He's in 34th. And, of course, our runaway leaders in the Chelsea Fancast mini-group are, of course, Martin Wickham and Marco Worrell. Now, they had a bad week and they've slipped a bit. Mar- Martin's down to 9th marco's down to fourth he was second the week before uh now the uh, the ex-players uh pat uh had a stinker again he's in sixty second, so he's you know i think there's a pattern here you know the erudite amongst us are all doing very very badly Including Pat. I, it makes me feel a lot better that Pat's having a shit season, I'll be it's honest. Claire, player.
1: next player's having a bad I know. season. Well, and Ooh. he's a
0: pundit. I mean, out of him yeah. and Kerry and Canners, he's like proper pundit, isn't he? So he is. <laughs> that makes me feel slightly better. Kerry had a stinker. He's gonna be he's not phoned me today to get his predictions in, so he's probably sulking. Uh but yeah, he had a he had a shocker last week. He's in fifty eight. Canners Canners, who I got his predictions from whilst walking to the Cock Tavern, Last Saturday. That's how disorganized both he and I were. I swear to God, he literally just made it up on the spot. He didn't do badly. He got he had quite a decent week and he's in 40th. Sorry, 48th, uh, which leaves, of course, our um, good old Luke Withers, who's who's been top of the league all season. He didn't have too good a week. Very few people had a good week. It has to be said. Um, it was a really difficult one last week, but Luke's still out in, in the lead. Uh, Charlie Granger second, Robert Barrett's third. But our performer of the week uh, was yarick Kost- Kostka, who is now in 14th. But he got 156 points in a week where everybody had a shocker, basically. But he got, one, he got two spot-ons and one, two, three, four, five... Six correct results, including two on. So well done, Yarrick. Well done, Luke, for your uh, brilliance. Again, you're still our top boy. So there you go. Don't forget to fill him in. You've got until half 12 tomorrow, of course, because the first match kicks off at half 12 tomorrow, but there you go. So there we go. End of another show. Clayton, lovely to see you. Always lovely to see you. Um, Will we see you tomorrow? Uh, Possibly not, but Jonathan might see me tomorrow. Oh, you're uh, going with uh, his lordship, are you? Indeed. Well, I'm delighted to hear that, because are you going as his minder? Yes. I, will, I did actually say, <laughs> do I need to wear body armour? Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck with that, and uh, have fun. I know it's a lot of fun with J.K. J.K. Old Bean, sorry your book uh, signing got cancelling, but you're going to have it before the Norwich game, right?
1: That's the idea, yes. I yeah. think the weather will be better that. Who knows what the weather will be yeah. like? but I be go snowing by, by then. I go by DJ, the... Uh, the meteorologist yes, at Stanford
0: Bridge, the Michael Fish of Chelsea football club. Indeed, yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. Well, look, enjoy the game, boys. Um, will you? will we have a fan bite from you tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Will you have a guest on there with you? Well, I, I'm I'm thinking of just pushing Clayton forward and saying, "Here you are, Clayton. You'll go." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think you know I think Clayton's going to have to earn his earn his ticket and his supper tomorrow by appearing with you on the fan bite. I insist on. Well, what that. Know, probably no, happen is what it, happened to me very, the other day. It's well, very.
3: Um, it's, it's very daunting because JK has been so I know. magnificent I know. in this. <laughs> I know. The fact of going in there and blithering something. Yeah. To... <laughs> yeah. Well, JK is... You know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't really... Um, I don't really. I'm not looking forward yeah. to it. You like, needn't do it then. You needn't oh, do it. Oh well, well, you
0: you said you were moaning at me the other week, so no, nobody no, else is doing re- it. You said I it.
1: wasn't moaning. I was saying the reason for the fan bite was so that everybody had a go, so that yeah. the, everybody oh. at, ho- at home on Twitter could say, "Oh, that's what they look like." Oh, that's yeah. them. You know, it's, now it's Clayton's turn. Oh, now it's uh, you know Alexis. what.
0: You know what though. You, you've even intimidated me. I, I daren't do another one with you because the the ones on your own are so bloody good. But anyway, what can I say? <laughs> Oh well, thank you, thank you. So oh, All right, well, look, boys, enjoy the game tomorrow. Um, I'm going uh with the the lovely uh. Well, he's in he's in Mixer at the moment. Keep the blue flag flying in North. So I'm seeing him tomorrow, and uh, and uh, then going to the stall, and then going to the cock, and then hurrying home afterwards because I've got to drive tomorrow, which is a bit of a bummer. But there you go. So it'll be a sober chidge tomorrow. Probably after last week, that is probably a very, very, very good thing. You know, <laughs> I I still had a hangover on Monday when we did the show after that Saturday before. Dear Lord, anyway, I'm too old for this shit. Right now, J.K. and myself will, of course, be back on Monday and uh, the main Chelsea fancast show, as we always do, and we will be with the uh, the Beach Boys of the Chelsea fancast, which is Dean and Dane, or Dane and Dean, if you prefer. <laughs> yes, Dean Mears and Dane Whittle. We'll have to record a single, won't we? We did. I wrote a song on the spot. Don't you remember? I remember. I have to I dig it out. I have to dig it I'm out. I'm supposed to do a sting for you, aren't I? You I'm are. To, what am I supposed to be doing? What's it You're for, to... though? I can't remember. I can't remember what it's supposed to be for now. You said in the middle of the show, oh, Chidge, we should do a sting for that. I can't remember what it was now is it the fannies fannies, fannies. yeah the fannies. do a rudy yeah. vu rudy vu do a rudy v type short short little sting yeah yeah i can yeah. do that i can Lovely. do that all right okay. we've got to go uh so uh, brilliant to see all the mixler people as always thank you to liam and uh, to steve for being great guests as always and to these two fabulous people too uh we'll see you on the monday as i said and until then thank you for listening see you monday until then keep it blue keep it carefree, and keep it chills, Have oh. the chills. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.